Welcome to Let's Go 360, a podcast for listeners who want to know more about what God is doing around the world, here, near, and far. God is on the move like no other time in history. Let's Go 360 is sponsored by Christ Church of the Valley, also known as CCV. One church, but many locations across the greater Phoenix area with plans to expand wherever God wants CCV to go. My name is Larry Fraley. I'm your host and lead pastor of the local and global missions at CCV. As always, our podcasts will include show notes and important links in each episode. Our guest today is Roger Munchian from Rescue Not Arrested. Roger is the founder and president of Rescue Not Arrested, which has been in existence since 2005. CCV has been honored and has been involved with Rescue Not Arrested for 12 years. They are a ministry that serves prisons as well as distributing Bibles in prisons and in jails literally all around the world. Close to 1 million Bibles have gone out since the beginning of Rescue Not Arrested. Roger Munchian was once a promoter of death and destruction through his involvement with drug cartels. Today, he promotes life and freedom as he shares his incredible life story and serves others worldwide through his nonprofit organization, Rescue Not Arrested. Roger, welcome to the show. It is a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. We have a lot to talk about today. And so before we dive in, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your family and about you. Well, in about four weeks, we will be celebrating our 21st wedding anniversary. So God has blessed me with a wonderful wife. We have four children. Two of them are in the university. Last year, my Rachel was the valedictorian of Northwest Christian School, so I'm a proud dad. And uh, Andrew is at GCU, and Priscilla and Hannah, they're still at Northwest, Northwest Christian. I thank God for my family every day. That's fantastic. Well, would you mind sharing a little bit about your story? I know you've written a book about it, and we could talk for hours about it, but share a little bit about your history. Well, it's a similar story to any um, individual finding themselves depressed and lonely and looking for identity at a very young age. I was born and raised in Armenia in a Russian communist regime. Uh, and at age eight, we miraculously were able to move out to Los Angeles on a lottery visa. My dad was an alcoholic, so I didn't have much uh, model or guide to go with. I found myself lucrative opportunities on the streets of Los Angeles and eventually uh, pursued uh, the money on the streets, drugs, sex, alcohol, whatever brought attention. But that brought a lot of trials into my life. And with every bad choice, there was a bad consequence. It just got worse and worse. I did not realize then, but God was always rescuing me time after time after time with bullets with my name on it through different gang shootouts or situations with courts that I would escape the court cases. But ultimately, in 1997, a manslaughter car accident uh, was my Damascus Road, just kind of got me in a position where I was out of control completely. And I, did I was desperate, begging for God uh, to help me. And at that point, um, I turned, you know, I, it took me a season, but I turned my life to the Lord, accepted Christ, was baptized, and ended up serving only two years in prison. And it's through prison that I had this vision to start a ministry to help others. Fantastic. You know, I, I guess let, let's start here. So you, you got out of prison, you have committed your, your life to the Lord, and um, you started Rescue Not a, a, Arrested eventually. So what, what problem are you trying to solve then? Well, there's actually, I think, uh, a, a tier of two 
problems I like to uh, attempt to solve the best I can and, and hope that God is just going to do the rest. One of them is actually uh, uh, to try to help God or Jesus return quickly because he promised something that I read in prison many times when it says Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So in a little bit way, I'm thinking like if I could just partner with him and get God's word in an understandable way through our life application study Bibles all over the world and help the world know him and hear the gospels, maybe I could speed up his return. So that's kind of a one of the uh, uh, exciting journeys I'm on to Kind of assist, speed that up if I if I would. A lot of people think it may be silly, but I I'm just going to do my best to just be a small puzzle to try to help that 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 uh, return. Second is to bring awareness, challenge, and even remind the church across the world not to categorize sin and be open to the least of these that are broken, helpless, and hopeless, especially the untouchables. Because I've sensed from my own personal experience a pushback, a kind of a distant from church people because they were afraid of my past and afraid of me because of my past. And I'd like to let people know that I'm no different than them. I made some bad choices and that Jesus loves everyone regardless of the sin. Uh, so to not to categorize sin, but to love the sinner, hate the sin and welcome, especially church leaders, to welcome all sinners into their congregation with safety in mind. Mm-hmm. And so you've been doing this ministry for a while now. So how are you measuring your success? Well, measurement for success is not your unusual statistics. I'm not a big statistics guy. Um, I we, we like to measure through baptisms that keep increasing through our service. I like to measure by the demand of Bible requests from all over the world. That keeps growing. Our letter ministry through a connection of 5,000 prisons that uh, provide our provide our Bibles to their inmates, write to us for hope, and uh, our pen pal program, that's a spiritual pen pal program. So that is increasing. So we look at the demand in our service through Bible need, uh, mentorship, and baptism. So are you actually allowed to go into the prison and baptize someone in prison? Yes, we used to do it a lot before COVID. It's starting to come back now. So I already, uh, I already uh, baptized a dozen guys in Marana here in Tucson very recently. Uh, and so that's opened back to us more and more. And the jails are waiting to open. But yes, the answer is we are able to go in there and baptize individuals in prison. So what's that look like? Do you, do you take in a baptistry? There's actually a mobile baptistry that most of these prisons have. And if they don't, we have a partner that actually provides that. And we make sure they have a mobile baptistry to make sure that that's available to all the prisons in the United States. But yeah, it's a mobile baptistry that fills up the water. We get them in there and full immersion. Wow. So that's uh, that's that's so interesting. And so you also at one time I know went in and actually had uh, church services. Um, are those services going on today? Yes. Arizona State has opened that up for us. We're still waiting county, several counties too, and the federal. We do work with all jurisdictions, but state seems to have been leading the way in the open doors. So do you have uh, perhaps an example of 
inmate or or someone that has been changed. Uh, and could you tell us uh, that story? Well, there's this one example that really sticks out, but this is one of many. 14 years ago, I walked into Maricopa County Jail. He was broken and the request came from a third party from the outside. And I was able to walk in there and bring him hope. It was during the holiday, New Year's. And, uh, you know, I, I shared my story and offered my availability to him. He, he nodded. He wanted me to go back and continue mentoring him. He was born a Mormon, um, Latter-day Saints, and he didn't really practice his faith, and uh, he was confused and uh, hopeless. He had the fear of the unknown of what kind of prison time he will spend because he was not sentenced yet really broke him. And as I continued visiting him for a year plus, he, he accepted Christ, and when he got out, uh, he asked me to baptize him. And so he was uh, baptized uh, through us here at CCV, actually. And so his, so was his wife. And both him and his wife were married by Pastor Ashley as well. So that, that was a really good journey for this family. And now they are leaders of ministry. They were leading in the Bible study group and uh, small groups. Uh, just phenomenal model for, for a transformed individual. And I know you have many stories like that. Um, I see uh, across my email uh, from time to time those stories. And uh, I've got a special folder that I've saved those in. I also know that we also, CCV, actually also receives checks from the inmates. How does that happen? How did, how did that start? Well, we get uh, we get checks at dollar fifty, uh, seventy five cents, two dollars from inmates. Inmates, I used to work while I was in prison. It's ten cents an hour is the minimum. You could get up to forty cents a, an hour in some 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 positions. But uh, it's a very hard earned shoveling rocks is what I used to do. But everything that we do as an employee in the prison system is very difficult, and uh, we, we and to be able to spend a dollar or two dollars to gift to an organization is sacrificing a lot for these individuals. And I, it really moves me every time I see one of these chicks and they are moved and they want to help us because they have been a recipient of our study Bibles and our mentorship and they love it so much. It's transformed their lives that in return to help others receive the same Bible, they want to contribute what they can to help rescue, not arrested, supply more of these Bibles to as many people as we can around the world. Now, I know there are opportunities for people to serve with Rescue Not Arrested. Can you share some of those opportunities? Oh, I would love to. There's a high demand, and I think the demand only grows for spiritual pen pal, spiritual pen pals. And we look for individuals who have been baptized and are committed to a like-minded church and are ready to serve time. And we've made it so easy where they could really do the service right out of their home or their office at any time, seven days a week. It's responding to these letters that are pouring in to our P.O. box. We're getting 800 to 1,000 letters now that are coming in every month from inmates from all over the country asking for help, asking questions about the Bible, asking how they can change their life, how they want to be like Christ. So numerous uh, numerous questions, and, and the mentors just pick it up and address it. They use an RPO box for return, and they never put their name. So we made it 100% safe proof where no one will ever be exposed. But yet your letters and, uh, and, and your response to these men and women in prison becomes so hopeful that some of them don't even choose not to commit suicide because someone actually cares enough to write them back. I know. Um- big part of your ministry is uh, Bible distribution. Why does your Bible, is it any different than other Bibles that have been distributed? 
You know, when this first started, I was in shock that there was so much demand for what we had to offer because of the very statement you made that Bibles have been around forever. How come there's so much demand? Well, come to find out that not only did God use this NIV Life Application Study Bible to transform my life in prison because it's the Bible that I actually understood the most and it really self-taught me in prison, but uh, I'm finding out that especially in third world countries uh, like Nigeria and Kenya and Kerala, India, they've never seen ever an NIV Life Application Study Bible. So it becomes this rare commodity because now they understand so much the language as easy as it is and the breakdown, the commentary, plus our cover, it says rescued on it, which everyone could relate to because everyone needs to be rescued. And most people know they need to be rescued from uh, the, the prisons of their lives and the issues that they're going through, whether it be poverty, hunger, uh, imprisonment. Uh, now our, our Bible distribution all over the world is not just to the incarcerated, it's to everyone and anyone out there that is needing the NIV translation. So we're finding out to be a unique uh, niche for especially the third world country in the NIV translations because they've only seen King James and nobody could afford to send them the study Bibles, hence why it has become a rare jewel just desired for it. And it's all the leaders are just overwhelmed that this is now available to their leadership. So just in case our listeners um, may not be aware of what the study Bible is, it, it is a Bible that has not only the NIV translation, but at the bottom of the pages, it actually helps explain what Scripture says and how the NIV has been translated. Is that correct? It's a commentary that they have. It's got the dictionary, the concordance, the maps, the references, the mega themes. It tells you when the uh, the book was written, by whom, to whom. It really gives you everything about about the Bible that you need to know without any other human's support to learn. And that's exactly how I learned everything in prison because I refused to listen to the different perspectives that people had. So God used this very Bible to teach me, hence why I so much cherish and investing in that particular Bible and putting it into as many hands that I can around the world. Now, to jump back just a minute to the volunteers, how many volunteers are involved with Rescued Not Arrested right now? Well, before COVID, we had a good active volunteer of about 125, 250. I'm still trying to get a good handle to exactly where they're at now. After COVID, a lot has changed. I would say at least half of them are around. Some of them are waiting with their badge to get into some of these jails and prisons that have not opened doors yet. But the mail mentorship, the, the writing ministry, I think we only have 25, 30 individuals actively writing. That's where we really just are needing so much help. Again, very safe, very flexible, need people who could just drop a, a paragraph together and respond to an, a, a mail. But yeah, so we're, we're probably about a good 75 right now uh, actively uh, waiting to serve. And, and so what are some of the, your biggest challenges? Recruiting volunteers is always, you know, laborers are few and the harvest is plenty. I know the Bible has even given us that fact, and that remains to be true probably for all mission organizations. But recruiting volunteers who are qualified, and I have to say that because we're particular that who serves these individuals representing Christ through rescue, not arrested, through partnership with CCB, because we want to make sure we do our due diligence and filtering out uh, individuals who may be problematic. But uh, recruiting qualified volunteers is always 
always a need. It's a challenge. We also would like churches nationwide to be aware of what's available to them. And so uh, I would love to be able to get another dozen CCB like-minded churches in our nation come on board the way CCB has and understanding the value of the partnership, not only serving the, the mission, but how can the mission serve the congregation? Because we find ourselves having this dual service where we're serving the congregation with their needs when someone gets arrested or a family's in distress and we get the call and we're there to help them out get through that tough times. So it's really a great partnership. And I would like more churches to understand the value and prioritize this mission in their church. Now, COVID has uh, changed uh, everything for a lot of ministries and the church, uh, but it also has opened up opportunities and at least a, a, a time for us to stop and reevaluate where our ministries are going. So are there any opportunities, plans, or goals that you see in the future for Rescued Not Arrested? Well, our goals are always going to be the same, just more of it. It's really the Great Commission. Literally, you know, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them to obey, share the gospel with everyone that we can. And we're literally putting the gospel with the study instructions in as many hands as we can in doing so. Uh, And we just, I know the demand is there. We get it all from all over the world. We're doing our best with the finances God makes available every year to pour into the Bible. And uh, that's one of the reasons we have a no staff paid policy in order to spend every penny towards those Bible purchases and shipment. And now we ship in containers all over the world, pallets to prisons, boxes to chaplains, and even individuals. We ship out the Bible uh, to individuals as well. And that's all postage. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. We like to do more of that because we know it's the heartbeat of Christ's commission to us, and we just want to be in the midst of it. If I understand, you don't take a salary? No, we don't. No, never have has anybody been paid for serving at the rescue not arrested. That's amazing. Roger, CCB has supported you for a number of years now, and, and can you describe a time maybe when CCB enabled you to accomplish something big? There's two things that I like to uh, share on that note is about 12, 13 years ago, I've been at CCB as a member myself. It's my home church for 15 years. But about 12, 13 years ago, I think we finally crossed roads with some of the leadership and they, uh, they, they, they heard what I had to say and their hearts were open to start partnering with us. And I could tell you that was probably the seed planning of the Bible funds. And I could say really this Bible ministry started and grew because of our partnership with CCV and it's just grown from there. But had that not taken place, I don't think the Bible ministry would be here today. The other thing that uh, partnership with CCV has accomplished is you know, volunteers have been able to be aware of what we do and get plugged in. But I also think the conferences that CCV CV is part of like the international national conferences through ICOM Inspire Now. Uh, we've been uh, influenced by those conferences as well, building our network of connections and expansions through, again, CCV's uh, support. So what advice could you give our listeners regarding what we've talked about today? A couple of advices. I, I would like to tell everyone to be careful to never categorize sin. I think we do it without realizing it. Our sin doesn't seem to be as big as somebody else's sin. But just to be intentional when we hear an ugly situation, to step back and before making a judgment call, just to love the sinner and hate the sin and, and, and get out of our comfort zones so we could welcome the least of these in our churches, in our groups, in our homes, and uh, in our companies. If we're company owners, we're to give second chances to people who've had some scars in their past, uh, you know, and, uh, and I advise them to get plugged in in a mission. I think mission is where 
all the excitement and, and rewarding experiences are. And we'd love for you to be part of uh, RNA mission, but there are so many mission opportunities. I plug in and I advise everyone to make sure that they commit to a mission organization and, and be part of uh, what God is doing around the world. Well, Roger, last thing, uh, how can we pray for you? You know, my number one desire for prayer is wisdom. I want to make sure every year I am intentional to stay on mission, to never derail. Hence, one of the reasons why I chose No Staff Paid outside of uh, putting it into Bibles is to keep me accountable that I will never be uh, codependent or persuaded or derailed because of funding issues. But I want to make sure that I have the wisdom to do what I need to do, to be in God's will every day, every year, as I manage Rescue Not Arrested moving forward. Wisdom for our board members to hold me accountable accordingly and to be able to be in His will at all times. Well, thank you, Roger, for joining us. And uh, we look forward to to talking with you again on a future podcast as we uh, follow your ministry, continue to pray for you, and continue to support you. Well, thank you for joining us again. And to our listeners, thank you for listening again to this podcast. If you think this podcast is something you'd like to follow, please tap and follow the icon and give us a thumbs up in your favorite podcast app, such as Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts, and more, so that others might hear the good news of Jesus Christ. You can also follow us on our website at www.letsgo360.org. I'm Larry Fraley, and we look forward to our next episode of Let's Go 360.